Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Elmer. Today's interview is a pretty amazing story of persistence and how a 30-year-old company has managed to keep itself at the forefront of technology in Australia. Macquarie Telecom Group was established in 1992 by brothers David and Aidan Tudhope. Fast forward 30 years and Macquarie Telecom has survived serious competition from Telstra and others, the end of the dot-com boom, the GFC, the pandemic, and an influx of new agile tech startups to turn itself into a cloud and data center business with a market cap of more than $1.3 billion. David Tudhope is the founder and CEO of Macquarie Telecom Group. He joins me this morning. David, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank you. So when you started this 30 years ago, (laughs) did you have any idea where you'd end up? (laughs) Well, I I came out of the banking industry and uh, like a lot of people at the time, the banking industry was booming and uh, I joined that from university. And then I recognised that the banking industry was was hitting a very serious recession. This was the last real recession we had in Australia. And at the same time, the uh, government was deregulating the telecom sector and it was everywhere in the news. And what I realised was that I loved meeting customers, I loved business, and the corporate customers at the bank was my passion, more, even more so than banking. Mm-hmm. And I also recognised that there was a huge gap when I talked to my clients between what they were experiencing from Telstra, which was a very sad government-owned monopoly that called customer subscribers, and what they expected, which is to be treated as a customer. And that was the opportunity I saw back in 1992. You always were very heavy, you and your brother, very heavy on service. There's a story which I've read about you catching a bus overnight from Sydney to Melbourne and back again just to see clients. Is that true? Well, it is true. Oh. The uh, The sad reality of a duopoly, whether it be in any industry, but including airlines, is that prices go up and service goes down. And at that time, there was a duopoly in the air between Qantas and Ansett, and prices just went up. And as a startup, a small business, nowadays called a tech startup, which sounds a lot more fun, I just simply couldn't afford to fly anywhere. So I used to catch the Firefly coach to Melbourne after work in Sydney. Uh, We'd stop at the Big Marino for a midnight dinner, a bit of wildlife there at midnight. And then uh, we'd arrive at Melbourne at dawn. I'd get changed into my suit, do the day's business, then climb back on the bus at the end of the day. I did that for the first few years. And... uh, Luckily, I was younger, but uh, it was the only way to do it. And certainly just underlined just why you need competition in every industry. Yeah. Okay. So the business itself has morphed several times over several years. What did you start as? And then I just want to go through the different divisions that you run now, the cloud services, your data centers, the original Macquarie Telecom and government. Yeah, so we started as the name suggests in telecom. It was uh, business customers from the beginning, corporate customers, the ones I'd known from the bank originally, and then we brought them from there. And from the beginning, our company purpose, our why, was to make a difference in markets that are underserved and overcharged, and telecom was, was clear that. And we just really carved out a place for ourselves as the people you go to for great customer experience. Then we identified as the years went on, other markets which were underserved and overcharged. And we also identified adjacencies to telecom as well. So it did leverage our telecom business. And that's how we broadened from not just the telecom links, where the data would be kept in the future, which was data center. So we built the very first third-party data center in Sydney in uh, the year 2000. Then we broadened out to do cloud services very soon after that when they were embryonic. And then we broadened out to do cybersecurity 
back in 2005. And we identified that all these things would be the key to a future telecom network. Instead of the network linking the corporate office to the branches, we identified that logically the computers would move into a central office, a central data center, and the telecom networks would radiate out from that. And that the way people run their IT systems and they secure them would be very different. And uh, that's a big part of how we built the strategy. But that need to adapt was the common thread right the way through that. It's not so much disrupting yourself, it's actually building on your existing processes. You've done pretty well, though, to pick, effectively to pick three winners in data centres, cloud and cyber security. If you can get into those at the embryonic stage, you are doing very well, because obviously they're three huge parts of technology now. How did you know? Yeah, in the tech sector, trends come. There's a lot of noise, a lot of buzz, a lot of hype around trends. And the challenge is trying to separate the hype from the reality. You also get a lot of trends where the reality might work in the US because the size of the market, but it'll never reach Australia in a, in a meaningful way. All the sectors that are very large in the US that are quite small in Australia. So a big part of this is trying to work out which trends are going to have the biggest impact. And then, of course, from that list, going, right, well, does it actually fit our business model? Does it fit our customer needs in that meme to large corporate and government customers segment we focus on? And that's the hard part. And the way we do that, right the, from the beginning, we have this philosophy, right, call a Noah's Ark. We take one of each species and we go at least twice a year to the US, more recently to Europe, similarities to our market. And that has absolutely been critical for us to separate. And what we do, we take a salesperson, a marketing person, a product manager, an engineer, an executive or two, and we just go deep dive around one or two big trends. And it's the concentration of focus for that two-week period with probably another fortnight of work beforehand and probably at least another month afterwards, it's that concentration of focus in two weeks without the distractions of normal life, of breakfast, lunch and dinner and sleeping on the one thought that gets the greatest clarity in our experience on these emerging trends. And frankly, everything we've done in our business, not just the cloud, cyber, data center changes, but also within that, the product moves we've made have all come out of one of those study trips. Wow. And that's been really key to our success. Yeah, it's like full immersion, just about. It's full immersion and the concentration of thinking with diversity of thinkers. One of the interesting parts is you, we typically go to meetings when we're over there. We, we meet with people who are in businesses like ours, but obviously not competitors because they're in a different market to us. We meet with some suppliers, not too many, because we can get a lot of the hype here. We meet with consultants. We meet with analysts. And what we find is out of the one meeting – you can get six different perspectives. Even they've got a notepad full of thoughts from the meeting. Yeah. When we debrief later, the engineer has completely different insight to the marketer, yeah. to the executive. And you're in the same meeting and you made the same notes. Yeah. You know, the engineer's fascinated that they've moved to version 3.2 of the software. And there's been a whole lot of bugs with version 3.1 and you know what a near miss we had there because we're thinking of 3.1. Yeah. The marketers didn't even pick that up. The marketers focused on, did you see how the, the go-to-market was? Wasn't that sensational? What about what a great segment to target? And we're all in the same meeting. And that's yeah. part of the power of the Noah's Ark. Okay. Stay with me, David. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is David Tudhope, founder and CEO of Macquarie Telecom group. So what's next then? I mean, I presume cybersecurity and cloud computing have a long, long way to run, but is that just about them getting bigger or is it actually about them developing, reinventing themselves, or is there something else on the horizon that you're thinking about? 
Yeah, these are mega trends. They've got a long way to go, and the momentum is just going to continue. Uh, no question, COVID has accelerated that momentum. The classic, what we call in our industry, the box hugging heads of IT have lost their appetite for that, having been working from home for two years now. The idea of having your own computer room and buying your service off the nice man from HP with cups of coffee down the road that's no longer in the thoughts of the vast bulk of IT managers. They're now thinking about how can I buy a managed service? How can I get someone else to worry about this 24-7? The expectations of end users has gone up as well because there was a time when you could you know, just walk down the corridor to the, the IT team, help desk team and say, can you sort this out? Now when you're at home, that's not an option. So you have to self-help, which means you become more focused on why is our IT department buying something that's not a fully managed service? Why isn't it just, it's just always on? So the expectations of end users has also increased during COVID. So all those factors have accelerated the move towards cloud. And you combine that with the much higher risk of cyber attacks. And I think you wind back even three or four years ago, there were plenty of people who were very conscious of cybersecurity, but a lot of people would sort of glaze over and say, well, no, talk to my IT guy about that. That's changed dramatically because if they haven't experienced a cyber attack themselves or a ransomware attack, they know someone who has. Yep. And now let's see the real cost associated with that. Certainly boards are interested in it, that's for sure. Boards are totally interested in it. In fact, boards are often the ones who drive uh, the CFO to make the investment because a lot of the time we saw CFOs you know, quite enjoy the conversation with us about cybersecurity. But at the end of the day, they'd go, look, we haven't got the budget this year. Let's look at it next year. It was always yep. next year. Yep. And the IT guy would just hire an extra person or something. And it would be all good. Now that has changed dramatically. And uh, there's no question that we're seeing people spending real money on IT services and no longer just simply buying the next gadget um, and, you know, being placated. Yeah. Yeah. One of the defining features of Macquarie Telecom over many years, 30 years, in fact, or more than 20 years since you've been listed, you don't mind taking on the big gorillas, starting with Telstra. We started talking about duopolies, but your space is much, much more competitive now than it was five years ago, let alone 30 years ago. How do you do that? How do you take the big cloud service providers on? How do you take the big telcos on? We look for markets that are underserved and overcharged, and that typically means there's a very small number of large providers who are making extraordinary profits and they don't need to worry about the customer experience. And their market power is so significant that you know they can make announcements every now and then and appoint new chief customer officers, but they don't actually have to sweat it. And that's certainly the case in telecom. The telecom industry, it's still an industry that I think is failing the country. Um, it has twice the number of complaints. The telco ombudsman as complaints to the equivalent banking industry ombudsman. So, I mean, this is an industry in its own special space. And in that environment, we can really differentiate. So we are massive converts to Net Promoter Score that came out about 15 years ago. It has transformed our business. And that's like one of the most important things for us because it's brought to life our company purpose. But also this is true in cloud services and the government space. In the government space, we complete with a range of organizations, including large outsources that back in the 90s won these, huge, these long 10-year contracts. They've had renewed since. And the incentive to improve customer experience is almost nil because the customer can't leave forever. So you can see in those environments, yes, there's large players, but they're also ones that have such market power they don't need to sweat customer experience. So that's where we can really make a difference for customers. David, 
You've been running this business for 30 years or thereabouts. You've been listed for 23 years, I think, 1999. So coming on to 23 years anyway, making you one of the longest serving CEOs of an ASX listed company. Surely you must be over the half year PowerPoint deck by now. What's kept me in the business is that it always changes. So the great thing about the tech sector is whatever we talk about today will be kind of relevant in a few years' time, certainly irrelevant within five years. And the cybersecurity space is even faster. It moves in a year. Yeah. So for me, that's so stimulating. I love to learn new things. I've got an inquiry in mind. And when what you're discussing every day is so different to what you discussed only a year or two or three years before, it's a fun place to be. And, it's, and I think the yeah. industry tends to attract people like that. People are technically literate and who love to just have an inquiry in mind and like to explore new things. And that's certainly what's kept me passionate about the business. And I'd say the other aspect is I really love the company purpose. I, mean, I, I really find it exciting to think, you see how the difference you make to customers' lives and customers' businesses when they get the customer experience kicks in and they go, oh my goodness, I can't believe all those years I suffered and tried to make it work with overseas call centers. Yeah. Thank goodness. You know, yeah, I get that yeah, yeah. sort of great experience locally and that sort of fast responsiveness that's like so important in a post-COVID world. Yeah. David, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Pleasure. That was David Tudhope, founder and CEO of Macquarie Telecom Group. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Join me every morning for the full Fear and Greed podcast with all the business news you need to know. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.